Greetings and salutations. I don't do that very well. This is Cast Co-op, and we are back with episode 50, and of course, to celebrate episode 50, and to show you the amateurs that I am constantly forced to work with on this show, you can see neither of them are here. So Luke is busy with this work stuff he does. It's, it's silly. I don't know why he bothers with it. Joe... It doesn't have a very good excuse and is was supposed to be here and is just running late, apparently. So he is not here on time. Filling in for Luke, though, we have the what we like to refer to around here as the better half of XEP, Mr. Captain Logan himself. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. You can't make me laugh, though. <laughs> <I'm gonna die. laughs> who, who also no joke is uh partially sick with a conflu. So uh we're just batting a thousand over here at Cast Co-op, but the technical issues I'm not having so far this week, so fingers crossed. But how you doing, man? I'm good. I mean, you know, overlooking the fact that I've been like laid up with my work laptop on the couch all all week, like draining snot and just <laughs> trying to do whatever I can to stay alive so I can finish a project I've been working on. <laughs> I'm doing great, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst when like you still have work to do and you're sick and you're at home and you're like, I got to focus on this and you're dying. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. so fun, dude. Every so morning fun. too, my wife, uh, bless her heart, she we ran out of creamer and we've both been too busy or sick to like go out to get new coffee creamer. So like yeah. every morning instead of coffee, she's like, would you like some tea or hot cocoa <laughs> <laughs> like uh tea probably probably tea we'll go with tea <laughs> oh my goodness so she's like are you gonna go to work and i'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> man well we chat, tonight. yeah good evening everyone thanks for swinging by uh midnight jury kicking us off with gifting a season gaming membership over to Gamefire, who is a regular as well so thank you very much midnight always very generous with the memberships over here at sg super appreciated thank you um yeah it should be a good show joe will be joining us hopefully shortly if he gets his act together uh and the three of us are going to be chatting about a few things so we've got the xbox developer direct that was announced um so we're going to kind of chat through that some expectations what we hope to see we also want to talk a little bit around uh you know speculation of what's going on in the xbox side of the house with potentially bringing some of their ips over to other platforms and i'm sure um you know especially with sea of thieves being a topic there Logan, you have some thoughts there, and you guys have probably discussed that to some degree. I also uh, reviewed Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, which uh, the embargo actually lifted this morning. So part of the reason why we did the show on Thursday this week is so that I could talk about that game fully. So we'll get into that and more. But um, I, think to, uh, <laughs> I think to get us started... Um, I wanted to wait for Joe uh, to talk more about the kind of third-party rumors, or at least with some of the IPs. And I think anyone on this channel and who watches Cast knows we're not going to go off the deep end with this stuff, more of just a casual conversation. So instead, why don't we go ahead and start with the uh, Developer Direct? Um, yeah. And just at a high level, um, you know, because I know you guys obviously run a weekly Xbox-centric show. What are your thoughts so far on kind of what they're planning to show next week, the IPs they've announced, um, any kind of big expectations or hopes for that show? I Oh, man, I'm so excited. Um, I was just closing up the Xbox podcast that they put out with Tina Amini and, and Jeff yes. Rubenstein and, and uh, uh, the other Stein. And um, <laughs> it was it's I was thinking they need like some merchandise for like Stein and Rubenstein. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, it was it was really cool to hear Tina kind of talk about putting together the the developer showcase like with Aaron Greenberg and kind of going to the studios and visiting them and talking to the devs about the games that they're going to be doing. So right now, honestly, I think is it Ara, the history of the world is the one that I'm the least excited about, but I think that's just because of like personal preference. Uh, but dude, like I I'm stoked. I, I finally got to sit down and uh, ironically enough, get to sit down and watch the latest Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny last night. I watched it last week too. Yeah. It's, I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed it. I was like, I you know, I, I had heard that people said that it wasn't uh, the the greatest or that, you know, I, the IP is dead and that it really, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of sway, but honestly, the, the, the story that they told was one that felt very similar to like older movies and stuff like that. And now that, you know, the game's coming out, um, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing like, what can they do? Cause Indiana Jones is just one of those IPs. I think I've always loved, you know, if it's, if it's got John Williams in it, I'm probably going to love it. <laughs> I'm really happy about that, but I'm glad they're doing this. I think it's important to see the, the dead <clears throat> actually speak from their perspective what they're excited about because i think so often or not there's that kind of um mentality around gaming that oh well you know the publishers decide what games get made and that it's not up to the developers or the studio to to really decide on what projects they want to work on and we do see some examples of that but having like a developer direct i think we get the opportunity to actually see like the devs come out and talk about how passionate they were especially with games like hi-fi rush like last year so i think that was really cool um, my question for you was, is, uh, I don't think we're going to be getting any shadow drops this mm-hmm. time, but do you think that we would given the lineup? I don't think so either. Um, the one thing I think that surprised me more, you know, that's kind of circulating r- around right now is that, uh, Indiana Jones is far further along in development than maybe we, some of us anticipated. Right. Yeah. Um, and we're hearing that, you know, it's much closer to launch than I think we would have thought when this kind of first came up a little while ago. We were like, oh, that's years away. And apparently not. So yeah. uh, I'm really excited. Like you, I grew up with Indiana Jones. Um, you know, it's easy to call it a dead IP and things like that. That's just not true. Uh, and I think that the foundation, as we've seen with the obvious reference to Uncharted and other IPs like it, Tomb Raider, right? There's a, a great foundation from a gameplay perspective that can be utilized there. Machine Games is a top-tier talent, too. So I'm really yeah. excited for Indiana Jones, and I just hope that, uh, you know, we'll see what they have. They said, I was just going back through the notes that they announced on their thing, they said uh, more than 10 minutes with Machine Games on Indiana Jones itself for the show next week. So it's not like going to be a two-minute trailer. We're actually going to get some thoughts and probably some gameplay and some, you know, at least a little dive on uh, what they were thinking with the game and how they're developing it. So I'm pumped about that. Um but in terms of shadow drop, I don't think so. I don't know. I'm with you. Our history untold doesn't really. It's not my type of game. Um, I'm sure it'll be good. It's got a lot of focus on it and some good dev talent there. But it's just not the type of game I play nowadays. Yeah. So I, if there were going to be a shadow drop or something that's kind of near immediate release, maybe it's it's that. Um, but otherwise, no. I I don't think we get a high five rush moment in 2024. I'm kind of okay with that. I think it was it's good it. to to have like that kind of moment of be like, hey, by the way, this really cool looking game's out right now. With our history untold, I think the 
the expectation is already set for that. Like if you're into Civ games, you're going to probably like this one. You're probably going to have fun with it. But I always wonder like if they've it, it's and it's always this. It's always the publishers that ruin this for us. They set expectations and then they exceed the expectations. And then we wonder if the expectations are actually real for the next time around. So it's like, OK, well, they didn't they did a shadow drop this last time. Are they going to do one this time? No. Okay. Well, is that because something wasn't ready or because they just didn't have faith in, in the game itself? It's like all these questions start coming up afterwards. And I'm like, maybe they just didn't want to guys. I don't know. The discussion around it always seems very interesting. That's something I want to hear when I go back after we actually go through the, the developer showcase and start listening to everyone's thoughts and opinions. Yeah. About yeah. It. Yeah. It's going to be like, well, I'm surprised they didn't have something for a shadow drop. That seems kind of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, really? yeah it's uh it's one of those things where like uh expectations get set based on what was shown previously to your point and people feel like it always has to build on top of that and it's like you don't you shouldn't have that you know the the last show is not the bare minimum floor for what's going to come in the next show right because it's <laughs> there's just an endless escalation there that's never gonna be met uh and that's probably a problem with some of the people we see go crazy online in the mm -hmm. social space around their expectations not being met. But no, I think, uh, I mean, come on. It's the, by the time this shows next week, it's the third week of January. We're already getting a developer direct. I think Xbox is getting out in front of it in 2024, which is fantastic. They've been very clear, um, you know, since June of last year. Well, since before that, really. But to be fair to them, they've been very clear about their focus for this year since June, you know, when we had the showcase uh, in LA. But also the... Uh, post-showcase conversation that some of us wrote about that were there in LA um, where they were very clear about Hellblade and Towerborn and you know what they had coming this year and the cadence of trying to attempt to get to a game per quarter a first party AAA game per quarter release and uh, it, it's looking like they're there I mean Matt Booty spoke about that in June and he was very clear on like hey we're we know 2022 was dry and we know that um um, you know, we do, we haven't hit the cadence we've been hoping to achieve, but we are there. We're over that hump and it's it's coming. And I think we're starting to see that. So I think not only Indiana Jones um, kind of coming to the forefront, but obviously, you know, I'm ridiculously hyped for Hellblade 2. Long time coming. I think that mm. uh, game is going to blow some doors off. And then uh, Avowed, obviously, is one of my kind of most anticipated games for me because uh, just the RPG and Obsidian. I mean, I love... Um, I love those styles of games. Um, love so, encumbrance. Um, <laughs> Stuff in your bags full of stuff. Yeah, just, you know, sorting out inventory for an hour a day. You know, that's what I love to do in a game. <laughs> My favorite thing. Just got to pump up those stats. Work hard. Got to work. I see <laughs> you working out all the time. Got to get um, stronger. I, I'm right with you. I'm glad you brought it up because it was one of the things I was going to ask you. Uh, this developer direct. Now, this could be like for the foreseeable future, the way Microsoft likes to address the beginning of the year, which if yeah. they're doing that and they do that with four games, that hits kind of the cadence that Matt and Phil and them have all talked about, about wanting to have four major releases each year, which honestly, if you were to say like, this is going to be the four games that are the, uh, the four that we get this year, because I'm assuming we'll probably get more. It's just, if they're exclusive, who knows, but these are going to be kind of like the tentpole markers for for uh xbox's 2024 i would be fine with this i think this is a great lineup it's got a little bit of something for everyone which i think they did last year 
Um, but I'm wondering, do you think that this is kind of what they were looking to do with this uh, kind of developer direct? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I would definitely enjoy, uh, and it's funny, we just talked about setting expectations and not expecting it every time. And uh, I was just about to say, now now they got to do a developer direct beginning of January every year. Um, but I think to your point, it, it's a good idea because, you know, you kind of have that down the uh, uh, down period in December. Right. And you get through the holidays and we all kind of take a break and just catch up on whatever we're doing. And then you come into January usually. And in the gaming industry now, we see major game releases in January. I mean, we have it happening as we speak. But I think it's still a good idea to come out of the holidays and say, okay, you know, here's the brand you support and the ecosystem that you play in. Here's what we have planned and here's what we're working on in the near term. And I think that it being directly counter six months to almost the day of when you do something in June, right? Um, it's, uh, it's, it could be a really good cadence for that delivery. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I, I would. I, I think I would speak for most Xbox players when we say we would appreciate uh, a developer director at the beginning of the year to kind of kick off what to look forward to for the year. Yeah. Yeah. I think having something in June is kind of a nice way to set expectations for like the next few years. I know they like to do that. Um, they show a lot of trailers like, you know, we've seen I, I, one of my buddies over at Obsidian. They were they were kind of smashing together a, a quick little trailer for Outer Worlds 2. Yes, and that was something where I was like, that's cool. He's like, there's nothing. <laughs> like, that's cool. Take your time. I don't care when it comes. To it. <laughs> I'll be happy when it does. I know. No enough, but like that's a good way to kind of be like hey uh this is these are some of the projects that we're playing around with these are some of the ideas you know having something like that for the the june kind of e3 period you know rip is good but i love the idea of having the four major ones that you want to do for like 2024 or like 2025 and then have that be the thing where it's like okay these are the ones that are just about ready to go and we want to sell them to you from the passion perspective from the developers as opposed to trying to uh, trying to win people over with marketing because there's always yeah. seems to be so much scrutiny around marketing whereas if you actually hear from the developers a lot of people tend to be a lot more kind about that than than they do with just trailers um and i think that's I think that's what we like about things like the dice awards and stuff or or like award speeches yeah. and stuff is actually hearing from the devs and kudos to tina and, and aaron for putting another one of these together because it, it seems like it's fun from their perspective but i can imagine it's a ton of work given how many different things they have to try and do directs and showcases and stuff for throughout the year yeah yeah i mean we've we've each talked to enough of these teams where we've heard from them directly how much work goes behind the scenes here and i it always disappoints me when that subsection of the community kind of you know says right after the show that sucked and it was trash and you know all those words that get thrown around it's like dude that's it's a lot of people's hard work i know it's not always going to meet your expectations but come on at least respect the process a little bit um but i um yeah so a couple comments real quick uh so uh game fire comments and sorry i was trying to type in chat and my keyboard's acting up so so much for the technical issues uh <laughs> game fire uh types that uh the rumors about a shadow drop are from double fine maybe a smaller game like hi-fi rush um, so if double fine has something in the, in the pipe that, uh, is ready to release, sure. That'd be fantastic. A double fine always has 
quirky, artistic, amazing games. Um, Psychonauts 2, one of the best ever. And then uh, Pyro states that uh, before Xbox bought ZeniMax Bethesda, they did the early year Dev Direct. It will be a staple going forward. So I think there's that expectation already being set that we are going to see this every uh, January. Um, with that, we have our third panel member finally here. He goes by That's Joe. Right. Um, he's not the best, but he's going to no. join us tonight. But Joe, at least you're here because I'm not only happy to see you, my friend, but now I can actually put on this awesome uh, overlay, which uh, isn't going to work. So that effing sucks. And we're going to oh, go back no. to this one. So I, I saw just, it, though. I just barely yeah. saw it. <laughs> the improved look. I, I, I want to apologize. You know when, like, your significant other throws you a task and they're and they're like, you have to do it? And I'm like, why? And they're like, you know, it's is the podcast more important type of thing like they're like is this more important than me yes and you just say yes Yes, (laughs) she didn't like the joke (laughs) she didn't like the joke the first time (laughs) i i i I very much apologize i i hate being late for stuff um unless it's Fortnite with luke you know so i I apologize (laughs) really do the nights you don't show up those are very sad for us by the way (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) <laughs> uh, at least my presence is missed. How's everybody hey, you, doing? You, you see this, uh, Logan, these young guys, you know, they have sex for the first time and they just, they don't know how to control their emotions. They get pulled around. Yeah. It's, it's bad. No it's independence bad. whatsoever. You no, they lose it immediately. Last... Goes out the you know, window. You don't know what's like... on the line tonight. Right? <laughs> 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 oh man. Uh, no, good, uh, good turnout. Uh, some guy called the, um, Luke Lore, what a weird name, um, yeah. is in the chat. And then we have the better half of XCP here with us. So, I mean, right. things are good. Things are good. That's right. Yeah, Luke, look, Luke's looking good tonight, you know? <laughs> I like the addition to the glasses. It's uh, a different look. Yeah. yeah. He okay. looks less vampirish, you know? Vampiric guy. <laughs> like, look, it's I like lo- he's seen the sun and he's like a daywalker yeah. now. I love my- <laughs> look, I love my settler. I love the fact that he looks like he always just walked out of Fallout 76. It's yeah. great. He's just like, him. Oh. He's, <laughs> and then he says his eyes have issues. And it's like, well, yeah. you've been in a vault for 10 years, dude. We know. Exactly. It's like, it's yeah. dimly lit. We understand. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, um, if I can, I just want to take a quick moment because I know, I know Luke's busy with uh, being a teacher and trying to save the next generation of sure. kids Not from whatever the hell it's all no his his class are gone like gen z is is over and out we can't fix them it's just gonna have to have be to trial be. and tribulations yeah. <laughs> but uh he's 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 doing the lord's work of of trying to help the chillins right now and and i i have to say when when you approached me and, and luke was like suggesting that i jump on for cast co-op i was like oh this will be fun yeah. I'm looking forward to this. And then I got okay. sick and I was like, son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, catch me up. What have you guys been uh, chatting about? I yeah, so we're talking. We started with uh, the developer direct. Um, so we've talked about Indiana Jones and we've talked right. about uh, should we have the expectation that we get a developer direct to kick off the year for Xbox every year going forward? and um, about the expectations uh, of the show itself, whether it be a shadow drop. So go ahead and throw your thoughts at us on all those topics. Yeah, so first off, I feel like I'm like genuinely one of the only people excited for Indiana Jones. 
No, like, we both no, said we, we are just, too. So you're in good company. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I feel like the Gen Z's like they're just they're out there TikToking and doing break dances, you know, in the WalMarts. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm like Indiana Jones is one of the things I connected with with my dad at a young age. So like it, it means a lot to me. Like Raiders, like the whole series, even the one with the alien skull. Uh, I love them all, man. So for me, I'm really excited because this, you know. We know Phil has been searching for their Uncharted for a very long time. And I think Machine uh what is it? Uh, Machine Games is Machine just Games. Yep. so talented at knowing how to eviscerate Nazis. And so to me, it's like what a better marriage between the two. It's like you got Marjorie Taylor Greene's ancestors right here versus Indiana Jones. Like I just can't wait, you know. Yeah, I really can't wait. Um, do you guys think it's gonna be? I may have missed out, but like, do you think it's gonna be a straight up like beat for beat uncharted ask game? Because I'm definitely thinking that. Like, I think it's gonna be mm. like I kind of hope so. I think yeah. that would be cool. It would just be fun to live in like an uncharted world, mm-hmm. but with the Indiana Jones skin on it. I think like with Hogwarts Legacy doing something that's like a, a open world kind of normal like game of a game and same thing with like avatar i think like we're in a really good place with with ip games and honestly if they do uh like a a a movie version of the game or like a like a a game that's set like the movies are where it's just kind of like you have your story beats and you're kind of moving forward with the villain and you're always just kind of like a step ahead or step behind even if it moves even if it moves somewhat and like follow me here for a sec, like a Jedi Fallen Order type, where it's like yeah. you have the platforming elements where you're using your whip to get across, like that could be oh. pretty fun, even if it's more oh. linear like that. Like, yeah, indie gets me really excited. And knowing it's 2024, yes, like I'm I'm all aboard the indie train. I can't wait to see more of it. Uh in terms of the yeah, and and so if you didn't see it, Joe, just to please. clarify too, in the announcement they said it's going to be ten minutes with Machine Games. Really? And Indy. Yeah. So it's going to be you was going to see a lot of it. Yeah, because what we were saying is the rumors kind of behind the scenes right now is this is far further along than we anticipated, and that you should yeah. expect this game to be coming soon. Yeah. And how soon do you guys think? Did you guys chat on that? Summer. We didn't. Yeah. You think summer? If yeah, I, I, I could say second or third quarter. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. yeah, I would even say like maybe it's an early September game. You yeah, know, akin to like what Starfield was. Um, I, listen, I don't know if Indy has the pull it once did, but I'm really excited for it personally. I, yes, knowing that we're gonna get a good ten minutes. What I really want this direct to be is like, here is our slate for the year. You know, uh, or at least the rough outline. Like, yeah, I. I we need to see a date for you know Ninja Theory's game. We need to see a date yeah. for uh, Obsidian's game. We need to see a date for Machine Games, and I think that's what we can expect. I don't think we're gonna see any shadow drops here, um, because the word on the street was that you know as much as Hi-Fi Rush was awesome, it may have needed a little bit more of marketing behind it rather than a here's a nice drop. You know, maybe it needed a bit more of a spotlight um so maybe that's a game that got lost in you know the jeff Keeley winter showcase that just happens to have some awards and they were like listen <laughs> if we can't make the date here for a nice shiny trailer maybe we could just shadow drop it and so i, I don't think we're gonna see like plenty of shadow if not at all 
from Xbox again. Um, I don't think just because they did it once that sets a precedent. I think what they should do <laughs> is say, hey, here's what our outline is. Here's some Activision games because that, that, that deal has gone through. And um, here's why it's a good time to be an Xbox fan because sometimes it, it's the, the Xbox community is very bipolar. One day it's like everything's awesome. Hey, hey, and then, hey we're good with it. We're good with it. And then next week, <laughs> it's like, it's you. all over, guys. It's it, it's <laughs> Joe over, guys. <laughs> so I, it's, I, funny, I, it's funny you mentioned, sorry, Joe. It's I was uh, going to say, it's funny you mentioned the, just because they shadow dropped before shouldn't be the expectation, because we actually talked through that, too. That's why I was laughing. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of saying the same thing, that just because they do something in one show or presentation or whatever it is, doesn't mean you should expect that every time going forward. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we were. Um, Are you guys, so that's Indiana Jones. That's kind of expectations for the show. Are you guys as high on Hellblade 2 as I am? Because I am like, it's one of my most anticipated games, like bar none. Yeah, when I hear people talk about it and they're like, eh, I can can take it or leave it. I'm like, really? Because I think (laughs) the first game's astounding. Like the first game is just with the, the little budget that they had, they showed that they have incredible promise as a studio so i can't wait to see yeah. what they do with a bigger budget and and, and when people go oh, that's gonna be more hellblade it's like how, like i i hate that when when people like poo poo sequels for being more of what the original game was a great game you know and as long as they build <laughs> upon some of it uh i'm i'm all in i like that's probably that's probably my second most like anticipated game this year if i really think about it behind uh behind and i it's one of his visual <laughs> novels on steam don't ask yeah it's one of my visual <laughs> novels <laughs> a dating sim say, yeah right next to my little dating sim that i can't talk about no uh, star wars outlaws mm, okay easy you think me. that's coming out this year you think that's coming oh yeah i'm sure. I'm, I'm optimistic yeah they said what is it it's fall 2024 let's go let's do it. that's what okay. they said yeah I have to wait for that dot JPEG sometime. I mean, it's August. listen, we're moving towards a GIF. We're moving towards here. a GIF. You know, we'll Sorry, get I'm that trying GIF. to get the the thing uh, fixed. Mm. Um, I forget I'm what actually I was not. Now. I'm actually not really invested in Hellblade. I, I okay. played I played through probably halfway through the first one, and I had a really good time with it. Um, but just nothing really grabbed me about it. So I don't know, like. I don't know if I could really say that anything about it has outside of just the technical uh, prowess that they're showing. Um, sure. I'm just astounded by how good that game looks. It's like a, a, a Alan Wake two. Like I, I probably won't play Alan Wake two just because of the type of game that it is, but I can recognize that that game is uh, astounding at what it does. And they're, they're doing yeah. stuff that I don't think you see too many studios actually do Hellblades there with, with it. But um, I just personally don't really have any, any like, nothing that's like drawing me in the way it is with like a vowed or, or Indiana Jones. Now, my question okay. for you here, uh, new and improved Luke is because you are, you are a bit of a coward. You don't like scary games. Yes. Right. Coward. Is it the, yeah, but yeah I don't. Yeah, yeah. no, Screw those games. <laughs> Screw you can keep those is, games. <laughs> is that part of the thing that like, like pushes you away from, you know, a Hellblade no. is that it's, 
Cause it's you got it. You got everybody. He's got it. I know this is a, po- a podcast and it's audio, but you should be here for the video version. Um, Twenty eight minutes in, you're gonna find out why. But God. yeah, no, because there are there are elements in in Hellblade. Um, yeah. I'm thinking about like the the part where you're like in the dark. It's all audio. Oh man, that part was whew, choice. I love yeah. horror games, so I was like, this is incredible. Uh, dude, if they just did a whole game like that. <laughs> there have been a couple games that are kind of like that, that are designed by uh, visually impaired people. And the whole idea is, mm. is that you play through the game through sound. And mm. those games really do touch on like that kind of fear of stuff coming at you from angles and having to deal with that around you. Um, but I never got to anything that was really too scary in that game. So for me, it was... It was fine. I don't think that that's really the thing that really kind of prevents me from moving forward with that. It was just, I, I just haven't given it enough time or enough attention because I think of of the type of game that it is. It's going to focus. It's going to require me to sit down and actually pay attention, not be distracted. Mm-hmm. And usually at the end of my workday, I'm like, I kind of just want to chill with the guys and chat and BS. And, and yeah. because, and you know, you, you're in our DMs and stuff, so you see like when when we're like, all right, well, when are we jumping on? When are we jumping on? That's not really a time that we really get to kind of sit down and focus in on something unless we kind of go quiet. True. Yeah. Good it, comment. Sorry. Go for it, Ains. No, no, go for it. I was just going to say, good comment from Nissa says, as a therapist, I like Hellblade because they worked with therapists to get the psychosis correct. What drew me to it was the testimonies from people who experienced that and how they felt seen. So That's cool. awesome. Yeah, and that's awesome to get someone in the chat that like has has that background. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It, man, Hellblade is a special game for for those for what you know. Uh, Nisa, Nisa just said it's it's really special. So I want to see it, how they put on that. And for me, it's like I my only worry is like they don't lose sight of what made Hellblade one so special. What was the psychological element of it? Um, and the the importance of mental health and and all, and all those aspects. Like, I don't want them to just be like, and now we're a big blockbuster. Look at this giant creepy man, and we're gonna <laughs> scare you. Like, I want there to be that deeper meaning, like that was in the original. You know? Yeah, I'm with you. Where, I'm where with do you think you. That, that's gonna land? Hellblade. Uh, yeah. Good question. I honestly don't know. I hadn't thought about it. I would say early or super late. I think they're planning on that being something because we've seen and heard from Hellblade for a very, very long time. Um, I think it was this time last year that they were showing off like the mocap that they were doing, whether it be at like CES or something where they were talking about still working on the game. Um, If they're still that kind of at that stage, then I would guess probably later half of 2024. Um, but I think they wanted to stand out as kind of like a, a big, a big moment for Xbox fans. I was going to say, how important is this game? Because there was a lot of like importance placed on Starfield of like, this is going to be the thing that defines Xbox. Do you think Hellblade has that similar, like, I don't know, pressure? I think the gaming community puts that pressure on it. I don't think this I don't think Xbox is because I think Xbox is looking at each of these games as equals. I mean, otherwise, you know, if you were going off of like what gamers what the quote unquote capital G gamers want from a console, I don't think that they would have taken the time to really focus in on something like Aura History Untold. Mm. But given that that is being put into this, I I see Xbox kind of seeing most of their children are all kind of equal. In this case, I think 
Starfield <laughs> was big because it was the first big new IP from Bethesda. And that has a certain amount of cachet with it that can't be ignored. Yeah. What's yeah. I, I wouldn't think it's kind of agree with, uh, with uh, Logan on this one. I, I would say if you're talking about time frame, I mean, it seems almost obvious for like an October, November style game, depending on what's releasing in the market at that point in time. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think Xbox is all too afraid of uh, specific release dates or avoidance either. I mean, game pass gives them a little leeway in that regard, I think. So uh, yeah, I, I would guess, Let's go late third quarter. Oh, really? You think like this is like a, you know, this is like a September to November type of release? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. I to me, I want it to be kind of soon. Like I would love to see this thing. I would love it hit in yeah. May. You know, where it's like, hey, now we have a good like ninety days to ramp up of marketing uh, and to get people their eyes on Hellblade too. Um, without having to worry about what does the holiday quarter look like in terms of like the games around us, are we going to still be talked about in a week or two? Where I think if you launch in a spring to even a summer, uh, like blockbuster, we're finding out that like you could put games out in the summer and they're going to do just fine. Um, yeah, I think they can, I think they could pull it off and they'll have more of a, uh, of a discourse around that game. And I think that's, I think what I do it around their June event, maybe exactly have something to maybe say, like celebrate Xbox for like a good month, a few weeks before their big showcase in, in, in June, it's going to make it feel nice. And I don't feel like, you know, when we talk about the social media aspect, I think it, that's all like, that's like 2% of the audience. You know, you know what I mean? Like not even, but I do think there's a sense with, xbox where they do want a game to have legs in terms of the conversation and the conversation not being if this game you know made the purity test you know or like if this like you know saved xbox quote unquote i think they just want a a game that has a really good discussion around it um that i i i feel like yeah i feel like that's what they they probably want yeah, or it would be like uh, a nice thing to have. Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope that it would be ready for that time. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Either way, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm pumped for it. So Absolutely. I think Absolutely. one of the things I was going to mention is um, one of my – I did a preview of this game, and one of the most anticipated games I have from Xbox this year is Towerborn. Um, and that game looks just incredible to me. It's right up my alley in a number of ways. I was surprised not to see that here because when we – when um, going back to the conversation with Matt Booty back in this past June, Towerborn was specifically called out as a 2024 release. Like, you know, this game's coming soon. There's a preview on Xbox, Xbox Wire about it. And we've seen quite a bit of that, at least early on. Um, so I was surprised not to see that here. I wonder if either it's just another game they couldn't fit into this presentation, which is great, or didn't want to for some reason, or if, you know, something's gone on where they feel it's going to be a little longer in dev than they initially anticipated. And for folks at home, what is what is Towerborn? Towerborn, where I, yeah, you're you're born of a tower. Oh, (laughs) and when you when you become a full tower, you then birth more towers. Oh wow! Okay, so it's a tower defense game. That's beautiful. Yeah, pure tower defense. Yeah, no, it is. (laughs) Once you grow tall enough as a tower, no. Um, Towerborn is uh, a four player co op 
kind of hack and slash action RPG. Mm, so think okay. uh, think Diablo meets uh, Dragon's Crown type. Oh thing. wow! I was gonna right. go with you Golden know? Axe. Golden Axe is the classic, of course. Good shout out. Th- these young bucks don't know. No, they will though. Sega's um, bringing them back, Sega. baby. <laughs> Sega. Um, but yeah, it looks the art style is beautiful. Um, you know, four player co op with looting is I love. You know, you just hang out with your friends, kill things, loot, build up your character, and uh, it just looks very fantastic. So if you if you missed that for some reason or haven't seen it, I believe there's a video of it you can find obviously on Xbox YouTube. We have a small preview of it I did, like I said, on SG, so you can check that out. But uh, definitely one I'm really excited about. But uh, anyway, just, yeah, I, when I heard there was a developer direct, the first thing I thought is, cool, we're going to see more Towerborn. And then it wasn't there, and instead we got uh, Aura, which, again, not downplaying Aura, but I fully expected to see a Vowed, Hellblade, uh, Towerborn, um, at least those three. So it's kind of And truthfully, I, I've not heard of Aura until the announcement is that also like a xbox second party game it was announced in june at the showcase oh, okay. if, I, if, if my yeah. memory serves it may be a different show um but I'm it sure is from twice. yeah i think they've shown it twice i think you're yeah. right it's from the developers who did civilization 5 they left oh, and shit. formed a new company so oh. it's a it, it's technically a new developer but it's not new developers um so the the pedigree is there to make a a really solid game which i think is why xbox probably picked it up whether or not it's being treated like a second party as a console exclusive i don't recall um chat if if you know you just piqued my interest because it's pc i'm guys if y'all don't know civ 5 is my favorite strategy game of all time it is it is up there like it's it's probably my top 25 games of all time really Oh, well, there yeah, you go. I, uh, Skywalker, by the way, says it is published by Xbox. So, oh, awesome. yeah, June showcase last year. So, um, anyway, yes, that's what it is. So, I mean, Civ has that, you know, I wouldn't call it an ultra mainstream audience, but it is a very dedicated audience. So, yeah. probably why Xbox uh, decided to pick this one up. Awesome to see Xbox, like, go, you know, as the kids say, balls deep with uh, strategy games. Because, like, seeing, like, Age of Empires get, like, its renaissance. It crushed it, yeah. Like, seeing, like, now Aura, like, y'all don't understand. When you said Civ Five, I lit up. <laughs> like, this is, <laughs> now suddenly this is probably my most anticipated game here. <laughs> but just looking at some screenshots, like, Civ Well, you is, got a hell of a uh, showcase here for you, then. Yeah. You got yeah, Indie, got Hellblade, Aura, um, and then Avowed, of course. I don't know. Um, we touched on it briefly. Um you know, I'm I'm super pumped for Val because I love those RPG style games, yeah. but I don't I don't know where you are on that one, Joe. I'm sorry, Avowed. Eh, yeah. I I don't like the art direction. I thought okay. that was it, it, not my jam. Um, but Obsidian doesn't miss. I I do believe that they are. They are probably alongside Ninja Theory, really like one of the the best studios out there uh it's kind of like they're like the insomniac like you know type of studio yeah we always say like, obsidian and insomniac are yeah, the same, yeah because like these are studios that and we talked about actually a little bit on it on the trophy room when we talked about the um the insomniac hacks it's just it's like i'm really glad that studios like a ninja theory and obsidian have the financial backing finally to make the games that they want to make 
Um, and like, you know, so for me, though, I'm not blown away by avowed and I wasn't the biggest fan of, um, oh my God, outer worlds. Um, oh, come on. He doesn't know. He doesn't. I, okay. I'm a big dumb idiot, folks. I'm a big dumb idiot. But like, I like, what's a Starfield? Exactly. It's, it is not Starfield. No, 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 no. I I appreciate that game. It's it's just like it's one of those. It's like yeah, it's not for me, but I could see the greatness in it. Um, can I like? Can yeah, I sell this? Can great. I sell about about to you? Yeah, please. Okay, so this is the main team that broke away from Bethesda. Like this okay. is the main Skyrim team that's been working on Avowed. They had a, a, a an art director shift midway through project, which is why we saw like the original trailer versus now the the new stuff. So that's kind of why the the look looks different. But I I guarantee okay. you the systems that you loved about Skyrim are going to be what this game is. This is. Do you think it's going to be smaller in scope though? Because the thing about Outer Worlds was it it felt like not so much worlds as more of like some pretty wide core. They were hubs. Yeah, they were hubs. (laughs) All right. First off, I have to learn you a little bit here. The outer worlds were the worlds away from all of the main stuff. They were the outer worlds. No, I get that. Nobody goes. Okay. All right. That's fine. It's just like I was telling you. A very wide corridor is all it is. <laughs> so it felt a little I, bit too wide. That, that is the one criticism I had as well to back you up, Joe, yeah. of Outer Worlds. I, what I really loved about Outer Worlds was the uh, kind of dynamic nature of what you could do with the conversations and the yeah. quests and things like that. It was fantastic. I did agree that from, for me, someone that loves to just go off in a world and explore, it was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, but absolutely. I still love the game. Uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe off of Baldur's Gate, I could see the conversation systems that they got and appreciate those more. So uh, I, I will say that the that the writing and the conversations for Avowed should be really good. Um, okay. Yeah, a lot of the systems that you are familiar with with Skyrim will be present, including encumbrance for Ains, because I know he loves it. <laughs> um, but this is going to be essentially a smaller version of Skyrim for, for the fans out there, which is, I mean, Joe, you're always talking about wanting shorter games. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's true. No, that is true. I, and now that they have the, the financial backing that I, I think that we're going to see a game that doesn't feel like a really wide corridor. It feels like a, a nice, you know, beautiful world. Um, yeah, no, I listen, you sold me on Skyrim because Skyrim is one of my favorite RPGs and just the, the, the things that happen to you along your journey that excites me because knowing obsidian, they're going to probably do Skyrim better than that, than Bethesda. So yeah, that, that, that gets me a little bit more optimistic. Not gonna lie. Yeah. I think, listen, for the first time in a very long time as a PlayStation guy, I am way more excited for what Xbox is cooking up than, than PlayStation at, at the, very point yeah i was gonna say for our audience that's listening and and hanging out with us tonight yeah it's gonna be a lot of xbox focus on the show just because that's where the news is right now so um yeah i mean that's kind of expected so any other thoughts before we move on to a couple other topics any other thoughts on the xbox developer direct no just best of luck to them you know joe do you think that sony is going to try and pick up this uh style of showcase they seem to to kind of play around with their with their um style every couple of years i don't know man 
I really don't. I, I, I you have, can hear the the present disdain for the lack of communication from yeah, PlayStation. It's it's bad, man. I don't even expect like this next state of play that's in a few weeks. I don't even expect it to be good. <laughs> you know, like 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 last like last September was legitimately a great show. I, I thought it was better than the actual showcase that they had. But um, uh, PlayStation has to really show what the hell is in the later half of this year. Uh, like I know what's I, I I know what's coming in you know January, February, March. But then after March, I know nothing. Um, and that's where I start getting concerned about the communication over at PlayStation because it's like, okay, usually you guys have a big game in the holiday. Do you have anything there? this this time around they're buying um, nintendo i mean that's the rumor right they got they they're gonna start a power company you know it's i think they're just i think they're gonna lean heavily on the final shape with destiny 2 this year you as think far so? as like their stuff goes because i don't know that they have a whole lot that that we've seen kind of leaked or teased lately and i yeah. i think it's clear from what we know now that wolverine is still a ways out so yeah I think yeah. um, I think their change in direction has screwed the pooch for the for the the next year, you know. Plus, yeah. like I think in terms of last year, where it was a little bit slow, and this year, look at improved Luke just up and left. Is this really all like, improved? Out. I don't care what you think, Jeff. You know? Yeah, it's like all right, let's shoot. Um, <laughs> that I, I I do think them changing course. We're we're gonna see them do more second party and X Dev stuff, which is like Stellar Blade and and whatever ha- whatever have you. So like or Rise of Ronin, I think that's what we're gonna see from PlayStation this this year. We're not gonna see anything I I think too big, but you know what? I would like to will into existence Ghost of Tsushima too. <laughs> Love that. Dude, don't 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 put that out into ether. I I'm not ready for for Ghost two yet. You know my Jin statue is directly like oh. Let me see it. Oh, Jesus God. Christ, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And then Aloy's oh right God. next. Oh. Damn it. Those are those are two. Remember, nice I hate PlayStation though. I hate I just need oh, those no, two you're to have a baby. You're an Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> you're a huge Xbox. You're a bit, oh you're shit, now I moved it too far. Now I don't uh, screw it up. Either. There we go. All right. It's funny because I got a I got a uh the Aloy uh mammoth collectors behind me on this side. Then I got the uh, Destiny first party collectors on this side. Nice. I got the Master Chief helmet and uh, I'm sorry, soon to be formerly Xbox exclusive, the Halo Master Chief helmet <laughs> uh, from uh, Halo 3. How dare you? And formerly <laughs> Xbox exclusive you, uh, Gears 3. Statue. Doesn't your girlfriend need you for something? I was going to teach you about the fact. I was going to be like, you know, are you going to play Indiana Jones when it comes out or are you going to wait for the port in three years? I'll wait for the port in three. You know, well, it depends on how that platinum looks, you know? <laughs> oh, no. Don't you start. We're not doing that here. We're not doing that here. No, I think that's okay. He'll of... get a save. He'll get a save from online yep. and, and just claim it that way so that he exactly. can say that he did it. Some people think that's strange. I think that's very normal. I think that's very normal behavior. For no, those of you no. who don't know, because you, maybe you don't listen to the trophy, you should. Um, Baldur's Gate 3, I had a like a a corrupted trophy oh, here we go. Like, i definitely got the trophy i definitely did all the parts this. but it didn't the trophy didn't pop so i went on the p because i had the pc version of Baldur's gate i got a save that had 
that trophy on it. Or the so, Ains, what was the other uh, thing and that you wanted that to <laughs> That sounds normal. <laughs> that does not sound normal. Yeah, I think that's one of those things that only sounds normal because you live in that echo chamber. It doesn't sound normal. Yeah, yeah. It like, sounds guys, completely same. Does anybody know how I can get the platinum for this? <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole Reddit forum. And they exactly. All, Echo. You just see him with like a pen and pad. Dear Jim Ryan, I want <laughs> to let you know that this evening I too completed the platinum for Baldur's Gate 3. However, it did not pop for me due to not saving three yes. little creatures. He gets just a, he gets a, a Polaroid back of a cat. Like what? <laughs> and he flips it on the back, and it just like says, "Can you send me the molds for your ears?" Still. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh no, no. Jim. Um, uh, where was I going to go next here? Can, can um, I just say shout out Alan Wake? Because listen, they knew that this yeah. was a problem. They also had a glitch trophy there, and they actually went and fixed it they just gave everybody the the commercial that that should have uh popped so oh good on that. okay okay cool so we matter okay <laughs> well i think yeah uh, i was gonna talk about prince of persia but that's more of a segue so i think we might as well segue into the conversation that is circling the the dark spaces of social which i just have so little patience for um <clears throat> we, know, we know who to blame we know what their names are <laughs> where were you when xbox died guys where were you i was at work i was at work i was sitting on the toilet and i looked at my phone and i saw rumor you looked at your phone that was the mistake right there hi-fi rush coming to switch and i was like yeah. oh that's interesting and i went about my day and then I, you know, I just, it's lunch now. My, 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 no, 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 no. I see Sea of Thieves coming to PlayStation, question mark. And I (laughs) am so hyped that I'm going to be able to play Sea of Thieves on my PlayStation. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. Maybe. So let's 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 kind of start with the concept, right? Okay. So it, when you the obvious rumor, right, is that some of what we know as uh, potential IPs and some properties of Xbox may eventually land on other platforms, be it Switch, the whatever the Switch Two is, or PS Five. Yeah. Um, the the current rumors that you just said, right, is Hi-Fi Rush potentially going to Switch, Sea of Thieves potentially going to PS Five. What? Do you have any concerns or thoughts or hard opinions about this if Xbox would choose to do that direction? Yes. Oh, go, go for it. <laughs> um, if they decide to go... Do you know what Sea of Thieves is, Logan? Do, I, do we need to educate you on that one? Sir, <laughs> I have the receipts. <laughs> Right. Up here. <laughs> he has a plea plan too. I don't know First if off, you can yeah. see right here. Yeah. That is the keel hauled name in a ship oh. crest. Oh. That's all blown out because it's a terrible camera. It is. <laughs> <laughs> the whole case is practically Sea of Thieves. There's like a little bit of Warcraft out here and a little bit yeah. of Nintendo Nethers. <laughs> I love you too. Um, 
Sorry, my cat is like going crazy. I don't know what's up with motion sensors. My dog's going crazy too. Everybody's trying to corral her behind me. So, Um, (laughs) so do you think? I guess we'll start with: Do you think they they'll hold any weight, or is this just nonsense? I don't think that Sea of Thieves is going to come to PlayStation or other other platforms in the next year. Uh, As someone who's covered Sea of Thieves for like closing in on six years now, as of February. Um, that studio is 100% focused on trying to make sure that they are hitting a seasonal cadence with their content. They're constantly trying to reform like how they approach releasing content. They just released a full like remake of a monkey Island game in their game, which is a point and click adventure that they did in 3d. Honestly, I don't think that the studio really has like the mental bandwidth to really approach like who are we going to have do the ports if we can't do them now if you were to grab like saber interactive and say like okay take sea of thieves unreal engine 4 with the modded code that it is and port it over to switch i think it's possible but do i think it's probable i don't and i think a lot of that just comes down to where is the time being spent? Sea of Thieves is still one of the top games for, for Microsoft right now. I think there's still a lot of cachet with that with that IP. And they're the last probably the next year and the last six months have been focusing on trying to ensure that the community is content, that they have stuff to look forward to, that they've done foundational changes to the game. And one of them even coming up in the next couple of weeks here that will really kind of set up Sea of Thieves as a a game that can handle the next five years worth of content. So to bring that to other other platforms, I think would do well for a player base. But to say that this is something that's going to happen in the next year, I think would be very surprising for me as someone who knows a lot of the team over there. I don't think any of the team over there is aware of anything like this going on. And if they are, they've been very hush about it. I was going to say, as someone who covers Sea of Thieves with your Keel Hall podcast, which is fantastic, everybody should check it out. Um, it, how would you feel if this, like, next week they're like, oh, Sea of Thieves ported to PlayStation? Would you be like, well, son of a gun, here goes all my credentials. <laughs> you know, like, here goes all my, you know. If if they were to do I've it. I've been lied to for years. If they were mm-hmm. to do it, um, I would again. I would be. F- I'm totally fine if if Sea of Thieves wants to make its way to Switch. If they if it wants to make its way to to PlayStation, I'm cool with that. I don't care if that that happens. My only concern is the strain that that puts upon the Rare yeah. team because that Rare studio is is two to three hundred deep with a new barn that they just built out. It's not a huge studio. It's not like a Fortnite that can really kind of cover all bases and stuff. Right. And they have two and a half, three support studios already. So, like, they are trying to keep up with just maintaining their game as a service as it is. And I don't know if, if adding platforms makes that an issue or not, but that's my main concern. I should say yeah, we're I... a little harder, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'll, be completely honest. <laughs> I'll be completely honest about this. Yeah. Um, I, similar to you, Joe, like, I... 
the new year kicks off. It's like, all right, we just came off an amazing year of games. We got great outlook for games in 2024 already. I get my Prince of Persia review code, which I'll touch on here in a little bit with my review. And I'm like, all right, great starts of the year. And then I, you know, get on the socials and see this nonsense. And I'm like, are we doing this already? Like, can't we get a break from the constant speculation and rumors and stuff? Um, and, And I'll be honest with you. 100%. 100%. I just don't care. I just don't care. Like, with again, I've said this so many times, but with all of the cool things going on in the industry, not just with Xbox and everything, with Developer Direct and their studios and the, the IPs they're working on and all that, which is great as an Xbox fan, but just games in general, right? Yeah. All the development studios and what we see are the indies and all this stuff that we could be talking about and celebrating or even calling out on some of the negative side with some of the layoffs and everything else we've talked about, right? All of that to me is more important than whether or not see if these ends up on a PlayStation. It just doesn't matter. Like if you, if you love that game um, like Logan and and that community, it doesn't matter. It's not going to detract from you other than the fact to Logan's point, I'd be a little concerned about potential development strain, but I think overall, the community, it's not that big of a deal. It just it just doesn't matter. That said, I don't think this holds a lot of cadence and a lot of weight because I think we've talked a lot on the show around Xbox's direction from an ecosystem perspective and their focuses in terms of engaging players and getting players in the ecosystem, whether or not they own a Series X or S or not, getting them in the ecosystem and having them engage in that. And this essentially kind of, in some ways would counter that direction. You still would have to authenticate on Xbox Live, which, you know, without going down the technical kind of aspects of this, as soon as you put a Xbox first party game on a PlayStation, you're talking about logging into PSN and then building that API connection to Xbox Live to authenticate it as an Xbox Live user or Game Pass user, whatever that is. Um, It's just a very strange kind of, thing that just doesn't happen it's not like just taking a single player game and putting it on another platform that's not how that would work there's a lot more that has to go into it and i just to logan's point it just doesn't seem like i don't have the feeling that there's teams spending their time and effort on that because it's not only a lot of effort that would seem to really not have the dividends that it looks like on paper but it detracts from the whole cell of the Xbox ecosystem, collective PC, Xbox crossplay, everything you get with Game Pass and cross progression. It just it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense in that vein. Without continue, sorry, I know I'm talking a lot here, but oh. Hi-Fi Rush being a a single player game that you could just put on a platform like Switch, that's a little more feasible in my eyes. Um, but Again, I I don't really care. I mean, Hi-Fi Rush is a great game if it gets a bigger audience and Xbox takes a cut of those profits to develop no, more uh, games uh, like Hi-Fi no, Rush. No, that's a way out. That's a way out, Ains. Okay, what? that's such a non-answer. Oh, you're just what about Xbox though? Why even buy an Xbox if Hi-Fi Rush gets to be played? <laughs> I thought you were being serious for a second. <laughs> like what? <laughs> and see. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to take single one-off games that don't require all that integration work and throw them on a Switch or whatever, and you're going to make additional profits, get more exposure to that game. And then just use that money to fund more development for studios like Tango. Where's the harm in that? Well, then the less people are going to buy Xbox games. 
So that was that's kind of a uh, well. No, there is a point to that. There is a point to that because oh, okay, as we were right. talking about, um, is this is one of those situations where I, as a an Xbox predominantly main player, I love the hardware that Microsoft has been producing, and I think that there's a lot of features that cross over because of what uh, Xbox has been doing this generation and what Sony has been doing. We've obviously seen like the dual sense being something that everyone really kind of gravitates toward with the, the haptics there, but also quick resume is just one of those things that is, is almost like an expectation now with Xbox to be able to have and to not have those two hardware giants kind of like going head to head in competition because one is more concerned with expanding, you know, their their brand as opposed to building out the exclusive libraries, then with the removal of hardware, you kind of lose something because Nintendo is not going to compete on the same level as Sony will. Because they don't have to. Like that and like so for me, I, I'm kinda like I'm I'm in between you and Ains here. Uh because the way I see it. <laughs> Is like I don't care as long as I keep getting the game. Like, like I I live in the in in, in my head. I I kind of think of it like there's gonna be a day where like Spider Man's on Xbox. It's not gonna lessen Spider Man's impact because it's still a fantastic game. Uh, you know, so like it's not like MLB the Show came on to you know Xbox and it was suddenly a lesser experience. It's like no, it's still a really great sports game. So like. For me, a, a part of it's like, as the, to kind of bring two stories together, as what the, the hack has shown us out of Insomniac Games is there's a big problem with AAA development where the budgets are getting bigger and bigger and these platforms are finding that, you know, there's only so much uh, of a ceiling that they can hit until they can't get any further. Um, so if that means that like Sea of Thieves goes on a PlayStation and that buys them some more time so I can keep getting content on Sea of Thieves, then who cares? Right? If if they find millions of other people on, on PlayStation and on Switch, I still keep getting the great game that I love. No one's harmed. <laughs> it's a zero game for Christ's sakes. Same with Hi-Fi Rush. You know, that game is great, but it's also a beat rhythm game. And those games don't particularly perform the way like a Call of Duty would. They're very niche titles, and so to get to get that game on the more, you know, to get to get that game more eyes on it, yeah, go port it to Switch. I, I think I think the Switch crew would love that stuff. You know, it's kind of the the same vein of like when the PlayStation folks were freaking out over PC, and we from the jump were like, get used to it. It's going to happen, and we'd like it actually be, hopefully in the near future, day and date. So we get more of these games sold so that it helps, you know, fund the development onto the next game. Games are getting more and more expensive, and we're seeing companies take less and less risks. And I do, look at I do champion the portfolio that Xbox has. It's so varied. All like a Civ game, a strategy game in this economy, like and <laughs> Microsoft saying, yeah, no, we believe in it. Like a beat rhythm game, uh, like from Tango, yeah, no, we'll fund it. Like they're doing a whole lot, and they're making a whole lot of projects, and some more riskier than the others. So let let them find the money where the money is. And so for me, I I don't personally care. 
I just want to make sure that, you know, the only thing that, that, that matters to me, joking aside from minutes ago, is that, like, you know, the people at Rare are healthy and happy working there, and they're not working, you know, 80-hour, you know, work weeks to, you know, get a exclusive pair of pants. Right. So like to me, that's what really matters. So as long as the 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 dev team's happy, I'm happy. As long as you keep getting the great game, it's it's great. I've got um, I got two two points that I want to uh yes. call into for both of you. First point, do you both feel like this is less of an issue because you know you already have the other consoles? I think that could play a part. That's an interesting question. Yeah, I, it may play a part. Okay. I um, I think that not this kind of a sidestep, but what I was good, which ties to your question, Logan, is my thought is I just wanted to add to Joe's point, which is um, the way I see it. Right, we're not talking about Xbox going third party, and we're not talking about Xbox taking all of its IPs. Like I don't see Hellblade Two launching on PS Five. Right. No. If we're talking about games that have been out, had their run, and are either live service like a sea of thieves which i don't i've been clear i don't think is happening um or something like You're a high jeff grubb a liar are you calling jeff grubb a liar <laughs> you call him he's, whatever you he's want. calling he's calling jeff grubb's informants Liars. passing along information that may not be accurate <laughs> um but i i Again, it would if you're talking about picking and choosing an IP here and there to maybe share on another platform, I think that's a different conversation than the ridiculous one, which is Xbox is going third party. It, it's, that's just that's just noise that's thrown out there to annoy people. Yeah. yeah but anyway, I, to I, your point, Logan, uh, I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but I, I don't think it matters either way. Even if I didn't have the other systems, it, I don't think it would affect me. Other people enjoying the game I like, I, I don't care. Like, you know, the company's health is, like, important to an extent. But, like, to me, it's like, well, if everybody's, like, making money and having fun, like, who cares? <laughs> like, I, 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 the one thing that I think annoys me, and it's, again, it goes back to social media, um, is that we have people that are acting like they got business and law degrees and then physics degrees. And then engineering degree, like it just, <laughs> it it's it, it's so annoying that like everything is awesome one day, and then like Xbox is doomed the next, and then PlayStation's doomed the next, and then like the Switch too is it coming this year? Obviously, it is. It's like you're you're getting the same tired explanation from the the you know the same guys making the same video on the same week. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's getting overdone, and I think. um I, I think we're starting to overanalyze things. I think it's it's much more simple, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So the, I was about to, go ahead. What's the second oh, one? Logan? The second point that I wanted to bring up was one with Joe. Um, you talked about how Spider-Man was an ever-growing cost and AAA games are an ever-growing cost. Yeah. Um, to call into the, this point, uh, Hi-Fi Rush, much smaller project, only been out a year. Uh, use made up its money a long time ago with microtransactions. I know I spend on average probably about $200 a year on CFEs that I've bought like two or three times at this point on different platforms and stuff. So I'm sure that they've probably got plenty of money from that. But are those something that should be held in the same regard as, as these AAA experiences that are 
not getting finished that the money isn't is is like you know you see the the arguments of people saying i can't believe spider-man 2's player base dropped off a week after playing it or a month after playing it's like that conversation always comes up but it's only kind of tied to like single player titles or or like those triple a titles do you think that sea of thieves and hi-fi rush really falls into those categories that's a really that's a really good question i uh, and again i it goes back to like like for me it's like why like why port sea of thieves like Mm -hmm. is it only like is it is it because you think maybe uh, you hit that ceiling and you're looking at the other ecosystems going there's money to be had there this is a live service game minecraft has done well here so maybe this could do well there um but yeah i mean it's 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 interesting and it, it, at the same exact time doesn't make much sense so like when i hear the arguments of like oh starfield's player base dropped by whatever number in december it's like yeah it's a single player game that launched in september um i i think probably hi-fi rushes and again this is coming from someone that that don't know any better the hi-fi rush is probably getting poor to switch because what Ain said earlier, it's to get more eyes on it. Um, and maybe that shadow drop wasn't the the wisest move for, for Xbox. Maybe they needed more time to market it. And they go, okay, well, listen, we really like Tango. They're a really great studio. Obviously, there's critical acclaim to this IP. Um, and we want now more hands on it as we make Hi-Fi Rush 2. So we'll port it over to Switch. And uh, we'll see if we can convert some players on the Switch. You know, that a lot of people, is you know, Switch is like their secondary console. So then they go and they play it on, you know, PC and Xbox for Hi-Fi Rush 2. That's, that could be it. But for C- and, and, and also to, to put some even a finer point here. We're just assuming it's hi-fi rush too. One guy was just like, Hey, I saw in Australia, they <laughs> rated this. They could have rated it here. And we all just, assume, it could be Pentiment. It could be like a Minecraft DLC. Like it, it could be anything. So we just assume it's hi-fi rush. Cause they're like, is this is a game of the year. And first off, I hate when they're like, it's a riddle you have to solve. It's like, this was once a very talked about game of the year game. It's like, <laughs> Okay, maybe the hate. Could we? What's? Can I get a vowel? Like you know, like it's like. Uh, so to me, it's like it could be pep to me. It could be. It could be anything, and it could be nothing. So for me, I'm like, I'd rather wait and see. I'd rather and and it, listen. If it's the case, and it comes, Xbox, it's not dead, guys. Can we stop? Can we just? Yeah. Stop so on that point, I was going to say because uh, just to respond a little bit to to Pyro and Gamefire and some of the others in the chat. I think the other thing to keep in mind too is like we we started the show talking about developer direct and just how much Xbox, how big Xbox is now, right? Like, especially after ABK um, and how many studios they have, how many IP rights they own, how many games are in development, all of those things. So I think that more than anything in the console space now, given the, the scope of what Xbox is, you can feel and anyone can feel very, very confident in being a part of the Xbox ecosystem, right? Like if if they haven't demonstrated to you in the past five, six years that they're serious about gaming and going all in as the phrase that's been thrown around by Satya um, a, co- a few years ago, I mean, that it's, it's right in front of us. We're, we're seeing it happen, right? Um, so I like- I think Satya's quote was balls deep, by the way. 
Balls deep, yeah. <laughs> so, could you imagine Satya saying that? That'd be great. Um, balls deep. <laughs> we're going balls deep. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, you know, e- even if an IP, like I said, here and there goes, like, the, the vast amount of games that are coming to Xbox and Game Pass and, you know, that ecosystem are just, it's enormous. So, yeah. I, I, I'm more confident now. And I've, like, I'm one of those guys who stand the hell out of the original Xbox as PlayStation 2 was dominating the market and, you know, all of that was going on. My poor Dreamcast was dying. I was standing the hell out of the original Xbox because I love that system and, you know, lived through the the beauty of the 360, which I still think is one of the greatest consoles of all time. And I've never been as confident in Xbox as I am now. I mean, they're just, you know, they're, they're all, again, they're all in like, the the amount of work going on behind the scenes and with all the studios is is crazy. Um, so and invest, I, so. <laughs> just imagining yeah. Ains holding the Duke controller, be like, "No, guys, it's normal. It's the best. <laughs> it's normal." I, of course, I, I, I have a little Halo bias as well, so that yeah. was a big part of it. But still. real talk, I remember pressing the black and white buttons. Are you kidding me? I used to. Love, I love the Duke controller. Oh, yeah. I'll still stand by it. It doesn't give me carpal tunnel. Shut up. I got a Duke on my Halo Two xbox right over there the funny thing about the buttons on the duke too if you don't remember the buttons on the duke were ovals and they were rounded like that on the Mm -hmm. top so after pressing them for a long period of time it actually hurt your thumb (laughs) you're like god damn it (laughs) do i really need to turn on the flashlight i think i'm good (laughs) oh my god but yeah i I, I think like great full confidence in in yeah. xbox and uh that ecosystem and 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 really excited about it J- only because for me to to joe's earlier point i think we've all been kind of clamoring about playstation and just like what are you doing talk to us yeah. for god's sakes i um, know you got a month left but jesus christ <laughs> do, do something do something um and then nintendo you know nintendo's always kind of its own conversation in a way it, it's not up my alley like they used to be um so it's just you know it's a different conversation and that's that switch is stellar and it's selling like hotcakes and like it's crazy when we take a look at like the switches numbers and like the games that they sell animal crossing did like 43 million dollars like it's nuts what they're able to to make it's because they're the best they're the best in the business like let's Dude, be, mario let's Car- be honest. mario kart 8 has sold over 60 million on switch and it's a wii u game <laughs> what yeah. the hell is going on like <laughs> That was a conversation point that I wanted to bring up with uh, where you were saying how Nintendo doesn't have to compete hardware wise. And it's because of their exclusives, because they've they've garnered that. It's true. Faith it, in, and didn't bring their stuff to other platforms. Well, I think it's it's not just like it's their exclusive. Hard- they get exclusive hardware stuff because they've cornered the market on family games. No one yeah. can do it like Nintendo can. And when they can, it's like a rare occurrence, like a Rayman Legends, you know, a Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown, you know, yeah. like it, Astro, <laughs> uh, uh, like it's few and far between. And when you have when it's kind of like when you own a market that much, you kind of get to dictate the terms and listen, they'll, they'll sell you overpriced, you know, handhelds with cartridges that'll poison you. And I'll buy their cardboard. <laughs> goddamn it! Exactly. You'll buy the goddamn cardboard. Well, they, I mean, their uh, brand just has so much cachet and, and yeah. history and nostalgia. And, you know, there's a lot that, that factors into that and chat. Sorry. I, I want to respond more to you guys. My keyboard is literally not working. So I can't oh, yeah. type. That's why I'm trying to call some comments out. Um, sure. 
But yeah, I think brand identity is important. Just to, to close out on this topic with Pyro's comment is I think brand identity is important for Xbox too. And you know, when if you think about their journey in the past several years from 360 to Xbox One, we're not going to rehash that. And then Spencer coming in, Game Pass, and then you have Bethesda acquisition, you have ABK acquisition. Um, when you talk about a brand identity, that's that's a lot of massive change. Um, and it, it can be challenging to be clear sometimes. I, I kind of empathize in a way because, again, I, I deal with some of this in my professional career. But, you know, ensuring, and I think Phil does the best he can of ensuring the um, Xbox players who, who play a lot in that ecosystem about what his intentions are. Obviously, when you take 9,000 clips of him over several years, you're going to find some conflicting statements here and there. But um, I think generally speaking, they're doing their best as to kind of, you know, show what that identity is. And I think that June was a good example of that. I think this developer direct is a good example of that. And I think that, um, you know, I'm just really confident in their commitment to me as a player in that space. Yeah. And I, and to kind of end it on this weird point, but it's been something I'm, I'm, it's always in the back of my, my mind because I'm a Star Wars fan. Is like now knowing that like there is a woman head of Xbox, which is awesome to see. Um, but God forbid Xbox makes or does something that the fan base doesn't like. Are they going to Kathleen Kennedy, Sarah Bond? That's the thing that I get really nervous about is because I don't want the scapegoat. Bring Phil back. He had all the ideas. And were, it's like, it's a team <laughs> effort. Guys, God damn it. Please stop. Uh, we can, God, Jesus. Stop, stop demanding to see your gamer tag, you know, like to see like what her tro- trophies, Jesus, achievements look like if she's a real gamer, that type of bull crap <laughs> that females have to constantly deal with. Um, that's the thing that, that, you know, kind of gets me. Uh, Dan Rodriguez writes, did Luke get some sun? Not as pasty as usual. Looking good. <laughs> I know. He's looking good. I think it's the hat. Is that? <laughs> I think it's that. Yeah. Uh, the blonde hair just everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, you're right. Nessa. It wouldn't be cast call without me having some sort of tech issue. Um, what was I going to say? Um so That's while we're what, just to close this out, Halo season two trailer today. Yeah, I got to say, boys, as someone who is a little bit invested in Halo, just a little bit, um, <laughs> my so. disappointment with season one was palpable. Um, this trailer got me cautiously excited because it is uh, it is far more what I want to see out of a Halo TV show. Uh, obviously. You know, they're diving into Reach and the history of Reach and what happened there, which is, uh, you know, a huge pivotal moment in the whole Covenant War. Um, One of the most kind of written about and obviously, you know, Halo Reach the game and everything kind of commented on periods in that um, in that IP. And I really liked what I saw out of the trailer today. So I have a small amount of hope and I know it's the hope that kills you. But I have a small amount of hope that these new showrunners who are here for season two, because let's remember the showrunners of season one are gone. I'm hoping to hell the showrunners have done us proud and will correct the arc of where this show is going. I don't know. Can I just say (laughs) that looking at the trailer, it looks like they were like, hey, we're going to do season two. We want to get a focus group together to see like what Halo fans want. And the only thing anyone from that focus group actually put was plasma swords in fog. 
They're <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Nailed it. <laughs> They're just walking back to, to their boss. Going, so group B had a very interesting idea. They said swords and then they said smoke machine question mark. <laughs> um, no, I'm listen, I I like games. I'm I get it. I, I host a PlayStation <laughs> show, whatever. Everybody knows I'm a multi-platform gamer. At the end of the day, I grew up uh, with the OG Xbox. Uh, Halo is one of my favorite. It's it's one of my most beloved franchises in in my child heart. You know that that is man. Combat Evolved means a lot to me. Like I would not be a gamer without Halo. That said, I watched as much as I could of the Halo Earth. show, and it's kind of like. When Master Chief took off his helmet, I kind of understood what my uncle, who's not invited to Thanksgiving anymore, feels like. I felt anger. I felt I felt just just pure hatred of like, why'd you take off your helmet? Why did you do that? Why did you show your whole ass? Why are you having sex? <laughs> why, why, why do you have? Why does this chick have a mullet? Like it's just, and I just started getting angry. And they're like, "This is why we can't bring you to Thanksgiving, dude." It's like, all right, I get it. The world's changing. Um, but I, I look at this trailer and I, I can't help but get excited. It's so like the funny thing is, they, if you notice, they show Chief just glaring with his with his helmet on like several times during the trailer and i'm like mm-hmm. i think they're trying to address hey he's in his suit more this time god I hope, well there's a part where he's fighting and it's in his like he, he's in a white beater and i'm like no 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 this is still cool but like where's your suit there has to be a logical reason why you're not wearing your goddamn suit okay yeah. i'm getting um, uh, yeah i was trying to i was trying to feel out the same thing i know the part you're talking about and i'm like okay so are they gonna are they gonna make it so that you know when the reach attack happens which was a surprise attack right in the lore when that happens where the spartans kind of in their barracks if you will and you know that's kind of what they were hinting at there but i'm with you i i got annoyed a lot in season one especially like when he took out his chip you know and then i think it was is it kai also took out her chip and you know they start feeling emotions and i'm like guys come on what are we doing like this is this is not what this is about so um yeah i I don't know but anyway sorry joe i cut you off no i went i god bless my best friend amy who had to sit when i say i i turn into the uncle this time i really do when i saw the first like season two trailer i talked about i went on a 10 minute rant with my best friend who is not a gamer in the slightest of how you know the the problems with Halo stemmed when they walked away from the the alien influences. <laughs> like when I when they moved away from Ridley Scott into this new type of thing, I don't like it. And then I talked about like, you know, I would really love to see a Ridley Scott take on Halo. And it was just I look at this trailer and I see hope. All right, long story <laughs> short. But I also see the same things that worried me about season one being why is your helmet off that said <laughs> i will go and i'm gonna walk into season two with an open mind um and i'm gonna give it one episode i don't need any of the backstory of season one season one's dead to me i'm just gonna go into season two and whatever i'll have questions whatever i don't care 
Hopefully these showrunners are better. Hopefully. You know, people Fingers lost their crossed. jobs over season one. So let's hope <laughs> that these new guys No What do you think, season. Logan? Were you what were your thoughts on season one? Did you watch season one? I did watch season one. Okay. Uh the best part about season one was the last ten minutes when Cortana had control. That was that was my favorite part of that. It was the most halo of the series. There were some good parts of that show. You just had to find pick them out of a series of bad parts. Oh man. Um a lot the, of bad parts. So the the thing that I think makes Halo Halo for me is when Master Chief has a, a, an arch nemesis for the games. When there's the arbiter or you know or if it's like overwhelmingly just the flood in general but you've got the overmind you know there's always like one antagonist that is the thing that calls into question whether chief can actually do what he needs to do yeah i don't see that with this trailer i see a lot of war and i see a lot of elites and i see a lot of people looking at each other with emotions and I don't see the personal story that is chief that I'm invested in. And I think they went too hard to try and like humanize master chief in the first season. And I don't see, and I see them trying to move away from that and put that upon tertiary characters right now, which I think is going to have the opposite effect instead of it just being a chief Spartan story focusing on, dealing with uh one antagonist who is trying to take over the world you know and, and just make it a lex luther superman story and right. go with that i don't think you can tell the story the way that they're telling it and have it feel compelling unless you go the reach route which is to have each individual spartan who's got a very good personality that is a very strong part of a, a team and you slowly whittle them away as you're moving through the story and then that's what makes it more important to your main, you know, your main protagonist. I would love to see this like a Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, you know, that'd be fun. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, you're whittling the platoon down as as they, you know, as as the story progresses. That would that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, there was. I, I understand why they they went the way that they did. Because I think they'd be like, oh, if we if we kept the helmet on, people are just going to call us Mandalorian. We want to do something that, or a Mandalorian clone or whatever. We want to do something different. It's just, man, they went, they went, they took a hard left. You know, uh, you're right. I, I, your concerns, I echo. Um, I'm hoping for the best, though. I, I see some cool shit. I hope season three, we hear Master Chief say, "I'm giving back the Covenant of their bomb." Yeah, like that's all. That's all I hope. It's a little thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I don't know. We're less than a month away from it debuting. Dan says in the first ten minutes, Quan and Soren's planet should blow up with them on it. Series saved. Um, yes, <laughs> is that the chick with the mullet? Yeah, yeah. Is she in season two? She's not in this trailer, but she has to be. I mean, whether you like her or not, and I know a lot of people don't. She's part of the show. Oh, so, fair enough. I'm okay yeah. with this. Good job, Dan. <laughs> Dan nailed it. Um, we'll see. We'll see. see. Um, let me talk to you because I know the show's getting on. I want to talk to you about Prince of Persia. Yeah, I played a bit. 
Um, so yeah, got the uh, this is my first review of 2024. Got the code, I don't know, whenever I messaged you guys last week, and um, kind of grinded it out. I'm very tired, um, but I really couldn't put the game down. It was not a chore because the game is superb. Yeah, um, this is from Ubisoft. Montpellier, which is the uh, uh, Canadian Ubisoft studio that did Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends, among other things. So they have fantastic pedigree in kind of the 2D space and a, from a gameplay perspective and artistic direction. And you see all that here. So not only does this game pay really cool homage to uh, classic Prince of Persia that I grew up with, the old Bucks did, um, but it is a absolutely fantastic Metroidvania game. Um, it starts off strong, invests you immediately, and I promise you for the people who are starting the demo today, or I know, Joe, you said you started playing. I think you're, you're still pretty early, if I recall. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about – I think I've gotten like maybe like six bosses down, but like I would say I've gotten two main bosses, like okay. the ones that have the cutscenes, you know? Yeah, so you haven't gotten to the snake yet. No, no snake. No slither, okay. no snake or snake. <laughs> so, yeah, the one thing that surprised me, and I think I joked with some someone about this who was also reviewing it, is I fought this one battle, epic battle, and I was like, this has to be the main boss. And it was taking me a few tries, very challenging, and I beat it. And then I looked at the review guide because the game kept going, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm only on part six of nine. Um, it is a far bigger game than you initially anticipate. Um, the map really expands. You get some really fantastic abilities. The Metroidvania aspect of like collecting abilities, being able to go back to different areas, find new things, secrets all over the map. Beautifully executed. Um, and it has it actually has more heart than I was expecting. I wrote about that in my review. Mm. There's some cool characters. There's side stories, you know, and um, by the late game, like the last 15 to 20 percent, it is just completely epic. Um, there's a couple battles, which I mean, like once you get to the later kind of main battles to Joe's point with the cinematics and stuff, it's like straight out of anime. Like it goes crazy. Um, so fantastic game. I cannot recommend it enough. My review is up on SG if you want to read it. They had a weird embargo because the game is doing that thing where if you pay 10 bucks more, you can get it three days early. So it releases on the 18th, but early access begins on the 15th. And if you were sharing video footage, you couldn't show more than like the first third of the game before the 15th. So I wrote about the whole game in my review, um, but our video review is not going to go up until the 15th. So um, just a call on that. But I gave it a nine. Um, sensational on the SG scale. It's fantastic. And uh, probably my best or excuse me, my favorite Metroidvania game since Will of the Wisps, which is oh, really wow. Hold. I hold Will the Wisps way up here. Did you play um, Dread? I played Dread. This is better than Dread, in my opinion. Really? Because like there was uh, so the one thing that I like about this because I got I I just got past this area was like you definitely see you definitely see like they're inspired from or, or the inspiration they draw from other games like Metroid Dread. There's yep. very much like an area where I'm just like, oh god, I'm getting PTSD. Um, <laughs> And like, but like, even there, it's like, yeah, we're taking inspiration, but like, holy crap, like the platforming elements are so damn good. Like they feel tight. They they it's do feel like they well have, polished. yeah, like it, it, it feels like when I get through one of the, the harder platforming elements that I, I do feel like I achieved something. Yep. Um, 
I, I think the exploration elements like incredible. I there are often times where like I'm now just hitting walls uh, because there could be just something yeah, hidden, and yep. it's not like at least maybe you can help me here. There's nothing different about the wall. I just happen to hit it. And it's like, oh shit, it's <laughs> invisible. Let me go and and <laughs> see. Uh, the combat as well. I do have. I, I'm getting used to the fact that. Uh, Dodge is R1, L, and L1's parry, or whatever, mm-hmm. LT's parry, so it's on the triggers. Yeah, it triggers. That, yeah. that messes me up a bit because I'm like, when is when, when the blade shines, like, when is enough of me pressing down, like, going to trigger that parry? Like, there's an extra bit of timing that my brain is not comfortable with right now. But, um, even then, even as I struggle with the combat, the combat is fantastic too. Like oh, the abilities that you unlock, and even just the combos that you're able to come up with. Yeah, it's yeah, and it, and it just like good. I told you, it just expands and expands and expands. Yeah. Like, and how they do it late in the late game is once you get all of, I think there's six of like full on abilities you unlock, and eventually you're like flying through the sky. The platforming gets way more challenging way more challenging than the early game um and and to be clear it has like five difficulty levels and a whole bunch of accessibility things you can turn on to help you so it could be you know accessed by by nearly anyone um but um they they factor the abilities not in not only into the level design and the platform but the combat as well so like you'll get things where like you know, you can throw one thing and then you can like lasso someone and pull them towards you and smack them and then air lift them. And, you know, I've wrote in my review that once you get to the late game, some of the stuff you can pull off is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see some of the clips that people put up because it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Like I like to slide kick people and then like juggle them in the air a little bit. Yeah. You, see how, yep. like, like, yeah so oh, you can God, like juggle them and then you can lasso them. And then you can knock them out and you can swing through the environment and come down on them. And it's just, it's nuts. Okay. Yeah. I I have not gotten the lasso yet. So, okay. I'm very excited. That's late. Yeah. It's later. Yeah. So, and and that's the one thing I saw in some reviews is like, yeah, the game gets good at the 15 hour mark. That's when you unlock everything. And then I see some people going like uh, five hours. I'm like, I'm at like, and for me, I'm like, I'm at like hour, I think 12. And, uh, I've I've unlocked plenty of stuff, but I'm like maybe I just need to maybe I'm not exploring enough. So that's what I've been going about doing is like exploring a whole lot more. Um, I've been playing yeah. this on PS5, but actually mostly on my PlayStation Portal. And um, oh, cool! I feel like yeah, I feel like Metroidvanias for me speak better when they're on a handheld. Um, yeah. And I'm just having I'm just having a blast. Uh, I won't mention where I was or else I'll get fired. But I, I was I spent a good three hours playing on the portal. I did not know I spent three hours playing this game <laughs> until my portal ran out of battery. <laughs> like that's how much that's how much I, I I've been playing this game. When I pick it up, I'm I'm picking it up. Man. It's got a very playing. addicting cadence to it too. Like you always yeah. have somewhere else to go, something else to unlock, something else to find, and uh, it's really it's really good in that regard. To your yeah. point about dread, I was actually talking to. Um, Elu, who reviewed Dread Force and some of the group, Logan, and I love Dread. Um, you know, played the hell out of that. I I genuinely think this is a better game overall than Dread um, wow. because one, I think that uh, it has more character to it. Dread felt, and it was supposed to feel this way, right? But Dread felt a little lifeless at times um, mm, okay. because of just the environment and where you are, right? 
whereas this has actual yeah. NPCs and side stories and it has a lot of lore and all this stuff. And then two, you know how late game dread, there's a couple of those boss fights, like the one with the, is it the big bird or I'm trying to picture it now. Yeah, the big dragon, bird is whatever. like the last one. Dragon okay. is pretty deep. Yeah. Okay. So like those are really epic and fun, right? So this game has several that are as good or better than those. Hmm um interesting yeah like the the early bosses are just warming you up once you get okay. i asked about the snake because that that's like a defining point that's actually where they stop the embargo right now for video okay. is once you get past that boss and that's a major one and it opens up and you go do these other things that's where it really kind of takes off and gets crazy so the last three or four major bosses are just like i said it's almost like an anime they are nuts wow okay because like dread is like the first metroidvania i truly fell in love with Cool. Uh, and like those those cinematics just made me feel like I'm like okay I understand the allure of Samus. Samus is a fucking Samus is badass, awesome, yeah, Like no she's some of the shit she does in, in Dread. So I I, I yeah, love trust I love me. what you're I, saying. I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. for you to get to some of the ones I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping to beat it by next week because we had the trophy room. Um, we had the platies this year or sorry this week. So I was like yeah. I get to I I get to not rush this and I get to you know, have it for a review by next week for sure. Sweet. Yeah. Did you play Will of the Wisps or Ori? Ori wanted to? No. The those I, I didn't get into. I but yeah. again having now I know listen, but having because Xbox is dead, dude. It's on Switch. Why do I need to play it? Um I I I would like to though. Now having played like Dread and playing this and feeling Metroidvania is out, I I feel like yeah, now that it's actually on Switch, I probably play. <laughs> if you Not get through the end of this and you really enjoy it as much as I did, and, and I'm talking about, I would highly encourage you to play the Ori games. If you, for some reason, only going to play one of, one of them, play Will of the Wisps. I can't. Okay. It's hard for me to say Will of the Wisps. Will of the Wisps. <laughs> okay. I will. So. I shall. Xbox Logan, any interest in this one? Sorry, we kind of took over that portion of the conversation. Uh, Well, so I only got to play a bit of the demo. Um, And uh, playing through the demo, it kind of takes you through some of the different worlds, which was really kind of cool. They locked uh, unlocked a few of the different items and stuff. Um, I love the equipment system that they've built in. I think it's far more uh, customizable to your build that you would prefer to go than Mm -hmm. like a Metroid game where you're just kind of stuck with what you want or uh i i honestly the way i was playing through this it felt a lot like how i felt when i was playing through hades um Mm -hmm. where you wanted to kind of like find what you enjoy but they did encourage you to kind of go beyond what you're what you're comfortable with too to kind of play with other stuff um the memory system hands down one of the coolest things that i like about this game uh I just I love the idea of because one of the biggest problems I think with Metroidvanias is that you don't always remember why you had like a marker for something. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what was that? And you you have to work your way all the way back there just to find out that the way to unlock it wasn't actually like something, a power that you got to be able to unlock it. So having the, the memory ability to be able to like snapshot what that area looks like to kind of say like this yep. is how you get to this and if you know how to get to this now with the ability then you can go go back and kind of check those out that was really cool um i love the uh i can't remember what what her name was but it was, she was like the mage or the wizard 
lady that kind of sells you your upgrades and stuff? Oh, oh. um, per yeah, I can't I think. Of, I can't think. But yeah, love love that character. I think that character cracked me up uh, playing through. And overall, the the only thing that I really ever have a problem with is the same thing that I have a problem with with every Metroidvania is that when you leave an area through like a doorway and you come back, those enemies like respawn instantly. And it's just whatever it is, there was like one in the demo that it was like a big night. He had a giant battle axe and he was right after a save. And every single time I left that room, I would have to deal with that guy. And I'm just like, yes. I hate this guy. I don't want to deal with him multiple times. <laughs> so I wish there was a way. And maybe this is part of the accessibility options for the full game. Maybe this is part of the um, the mm. the level or the uh, difficulty system where if you clear out a room that you can go and actually just have those guys stay dead to give you the opportunity to kind of play around with the environment. Cause there are certain areas where like I wanted to jump up and I wanted to try and see if I could get to certain areas. And every time that I would go beyond a certain point, if I fell back down or if I dropped back down, I would then have to compete with all of the enemies that I'd killed. And given like how, roguelike that is with um the lack of like health regeneration that you get from stuff like metroid's very forgiving like it, it automatically attunes like okay you're out of missiles we'll start dropping missiles you're out of health we'll start dropping health uh this game does not really do that based on the demo and that was a point where i was like I feel like I, I should be getting health back on a more consistent basis or at least breaking you will get abilities or passives that will uh, help in in that regard later on yeah you can get um, amulets and and also yeah. like it'll drop health and arrows that you can refill but it does so when you're like near the end so like just kill mm. like if you're just missing one bar of health you're not going to get health off enemies it only like so keeps it right get, at the knife edge yeah if you get a perfect parry it has a high chance rate of dropping you health as well at least that's yeah. what I found. So if you've got a perfect parry off someone and you're on like one bar, they're like, and here's a little bit more for you, buddy. Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I ran into uh, an interesting situation where I was trying to like, I was trying to suss out what the mechanics were based on the parry system. And I figured out that the, the gold gleam and the yeah. standard attacks you can parry, but for whatever reason, I couldn't parry or dodge uh, through red ones. Red ones. The red yeah, ones yeah. are unblockables. Yeah. Okay. And the yellow one Jeez. means that it's a execution. So if you actually parry the yellow one, you'll insta kill the enemy. Okay. That's and so, and those animations are wild. They're awesome. it, it, like, yeah. Every time like I get one, I'm like, oh, this feels so great. And every time I don't get one, I'm like, damn it, I miss out on something really special. Well, the cool thing, like in the I don't know how many of them do it, but a lot of the big bosses as you go will have yellow instances in their repertoire. And if you yeah. parry them, you get like a full-on cinematic, which will, you know, damage their health quite a bit. It's very mm -hmm. cool. And it looks yeah. it looks epic when you do it. Yeah, this man, yeah. this game rocks. If you like Metroidvanias, even like I highly recommend it right now, but go check out the review. Um because it's it's special, man. It's yeah, and I wasn't alone, right? It got very high reviews. Yeah. It's nearly yeah. a ninety meta, so um, yeah, which it deserves. So, by the way, the shopkeeper, I, I pulled up the review guide just because I was racking my brain. Uh, she is literally just called the mage. Okay, oh, okay. <laughs> that's her I name. I, I don't know. I why. was thinking of uh, Faraba. Faraba is the little girl who Faraba's you will find. 
Yeah, she'll find you'll find her like twenty times in different locations uh, around the map, and you can buy a map of each region you find her in as you go, uh, and it just keeps expanding. So pretty was, cool. Was it weird? Like I don't know, because it's I, I played through the demo experience. Was it weird, kind of coming across her and her just being like, "Oh hey, how's it going?" You're like, "Uh, good. Are you here to kill me?" <laughs> like, no, you're just a really sweet young person who's willing to help me out for no, no so compensation. It it ties into the lore that they get into later. Um, it, it really I wrote in my review the game really dives into its fantasy roots. As the game goes, it gets way out there. Um, mm-hmm. So it explains your interactions with her later and why they are the way they are. That's good. Yeah. I'm 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 very happy so far with uh, the cast of characters that they've created. It feels like at some point this should have been something, and I don't know if this if this is. So sorry for this is a spoiler, but it felt <laughs> like given the the cast of characters, the way Hades was, which is what kind of reminded me of Hades, that you would be able to play through the game as those different characters and have mm. their abilities and their combat. That mechanics. would be awesome. That was that where not I was a thing. Okay, that was, that's a shame because I was thinking I was like each one of these people seem like a different style of of combat, and much yeah. like Hades, it felt like a completely different game when you would play through the game with those different weapons. Yeah. I'm wondering if you could actually play through the game with the different characters and stuff, but mm. oh well. Yeah, you'd have to have the same powers because the level design as it goes are designed around the powers, like it requires them. I mean, um, they could but, always do another game like Shovel Knight, come out with Plague Knight. And just redo <laughs> all the levels and work in the uh, the new the new mechanics. Can I say, say I? I yeah, go no, for it, Joe, you can't. No, goddamn it, Joe, you can't. Yeah, Joe, be quiet. Um, no, I was just gonna say. Hopefully, this game does well, and we see more of it because uh, it's it's great. That's all. Okay, Haynes, you're done. Joe, go ahead. <laughs> and no, I, I I would love to see more big publishers have smaller teams doing smaller, more special stuff. Because um, get I love the PlayStation. That then get ported to PlayStation. So like your Hi-Fi Rush can't wait to plat that game. I'll be like, oh wow, I found this game finally. I got. It. I played. Oh my goodness. Um, and and like yeah, you know, like Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. It's excellent. I dude, you can play really this on Luna. It. It's on Luna. Can you really? <laughs> yes. It's right, on literally it's everything. It's Ubisoft, on like nine man. platforms. They're gonna be they're gonna be putting their stuff everywhere, right? I mean. God bless him. And yeah, no, this game pretty darn pretty darn good. I I'm going for the plat, if you must know. So oh that's boy, why for, here we go. For here me, how go. I play games, especially like Soulsborne or like uh, Metroidvanias, I I know I'm not deep into this game knowing that I've put a dozen hours into this game. Um just because I I am so boring. I'm just hitting every corner to see if there's something invisible. So yeah, I can't wait to dive into it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really can't wait to dive into it. Um, hopefully, I get a, a chance to get a decent bit of it done tomorrow. Because, uh, yeah, it, it, that's going to be a nice little like lay in bed with the portal and you know play a shit ton of that stuff. So, yeah, awesome. Um, we got a question in chat, which is a really interesting one. I'll just ask real quick, yeah. then we can close out. Is uh, <laughs> I had to think about this one for a second, but Pyro said. Would you like to see a COD Call of Duty Infinite Warfare to be remade into a Halo prequel set in a pre-covenant insurrectionist wars? So basically you're taking those super soldiers or what are super soldiers in Infinite Warfare where you just have the tech um, 
yeah. and you're relaying that into some sort of Halo overlay universe. No. <laughs> no. No. It's, no. Because like what makes Halo interesting is like Master Chief fighting the Covenant. It's like this weird holy war, right? Like what makes like what makes the universe really special is like the flood and the brutes and you know, if we just had a prequel trilogy, it's every other sci-fi thing. So I think what makes it special is the the religious element. I really like the cult element. So, okay. yeah. yeah. And the Spartan program itself is what sets it apart from kind of like your standard super soldiers in a way. And I know that that's not unique to Halo. We've seen it in other books and stuff too. But um, yeah, but it is going to be interesting on a larger scale, as we've all talked about many times, to see what Xbox does with Call of Duty long term um, and what type of crossovers we see between all of those IPs they now have. Give me so, Doom guy, like, dude. Shit. Yeah, Doom guy. I mean, you have Doom, Call of Duty, Halo, Gears. I mean, Wolfenstein. You have so many of the so classic many. shooter IPs. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you already got like the 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 super shotgun. I think in Call of Duty, it's like it's a skin and it looks awesome. Oh yeah, um, they even have the pixelated yeah. like chainsaw and everything in Call yeah, of Duty. It's nuts. Exactly. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. But give me Doom Guy. Doom Guy and everything. He's just a badass. Yeah. Ains, you said gears, and it just reminded me that I got to to actually meet John DiMaggio this week. Oh, this awesome. last weekend and get his signature on a gears thing. That's awesome. sweet, dude. So if you don't know who John DiMaggio is, audience, that's the guy who uh, voice acts uh, Marcus Phoenix. He even did the voice too when I was there. He's like, nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 God bless Marcus Phoenix. Yeah. Legend. Well, guys, it's crazy how um, they only made three of those games, right? Judgment is pretty good. Get out of here. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's crazy. (laughs) Um, we gonna go ahead and get out of here, wrap this one up. What do you think? Put a bow tie. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm 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 gonna go pass out. (laughs) Yeah, you need to get some rest, man. So, uh, Logan, thanks for coming on, dude. Thanks for hanging out with us. Appreciate you being here on time so that we can start the show. Uh, <laughs> but uh, always love having you um, and having getting to chat with you, which is uh, more rare than it should be. So um, why don't you go ahead and shout out um, your show? And uh, I mean, you can shout out XCP if you want to, but you know. You don't have to. You really uh, do don't. What you You've do. done enough charity. Oh, whoa, whoa. whoa fancy look at this guy's gotta no i uh i if you guys don't know um i am half of xcp or xbox expansion pass um i also do the keelhold podcast uh which is just a sea of thieves podcast that's covering just sea of thieves and the lore and the uh production that goes on around that um and yeah i i've just a real pleasure to get to actually like hang out with you guys joe i hang out with you on a regular basis but Ames, we don't get to really. I'm talk sorry, sorry, Logan. That's, that's <laughs> I also apologize. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I, I recognize, like when it's when it's time to sit down and play the Fortnites. It's how is Joe's day, and how long before Luke gets tired of hearing about Joe's day? That's <laughs> that's the 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 most of our chat. <laughs> Listen, I got a raise. I want everybody to know about it. You know? I love it. <laughs> we hear about it. And it was uh, mandated by the state. It wasn't out of the goodness of the heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just uh, uh, hanging out at XEP um, when I'm not sick and actually participating in social media. 
uh, over on X and threads at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. There you go. Now, I didn't put it in the description yet, but I will update it so your links are there as well. Um, right. Awesome. Thanks again. Uh, I'll go ahead and say, uh, because remember, Joe, you have to close us, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I already mentioned my Prince of Persia review that's up on the site. Uh, you can check that out. Look for the video on the 15th. Um, obviously, Big Cast was back this past Sunday. We did our SG Honors 2023 show, which was our kind of new run at the uh, recognition of all the games that released the prior year. We had a lot of fun with it, a lot of laughs, so you can check that out. Um, and then this Sunday, we are doing a BitCast questions episode for the panel, meaning that over the past few weeks, we've collected just any questions, any question for mm -hmm. any members of the panel uh, that we're going to answer live on uh, on Sunday. So that should be interesting. We have, I, last I checked, 20, 25 plus, I don't know how many questions um, to go through. So that should be a good time on Sunday morning, uh, 11 a.m. is BitCast. So other than that, uh, just getting ramped back up. We got a lot of big releases coming up. A lot of people, a lot of our contributors at SG already kind of working on uh, prepping for review season. So we uh, we do a lot of that nowadays. So just stay tuned for that. You guys Joe? doing the Suicide Squad? I can't uh, wait yes, to we are. Uh, <laughs> Zach is doing Zach is doing Suicide Squad. Um and um Alex is doing Last of Us 2 remastered, being our nice. Sony guy. Um and uh you know, he's just playing the 2020 version and reviewing it, so it's easy. Um yeah, makes sense. <laughs> and uh there's there's other things in the works too. I won't go through each of them, but okay. anyway. Yeah, so just stay tuned as always. Joe, hit us. Oh, you can find me over at Mr. Badbit. You can find my show, The Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. This week, uh, Kyle and I go through our game of the year. It's our game of the year show. It's the Platties 2023, um, where myself, Kyle, and the audience decide on who are the biggest winners and losers this year. And let me tell you something. Um you know, we talk a lot about the news and all that stuff, right? Just like this show, I, I, I like when we sit down, we talk about just nothing but the games. Um, and having a two-hour and 53-minute show just discussing why we loved certain games and gushing about them. And seeing for the first time in our little award show history where the audience and the hosts agree on the game of the year this year was really was really awesome so I, I implore everybody to go check uh check a look at that um uh, because again we can do all the big bombastic things like we did last year because personal stuff but um this one's really special so please check it out the trophy room a playstation podcast uh, you can find me over at mr bad bit ps trophy room on twitter and yeah with that said uh, that all out of the way, oh and thanks to all the chat hanging out with us tonight appreciate yeah, thank you. you thank you everybody thank you so much thank you uh Fire, thank you, Gamefire. Thank you, Poor Shopper. Thank you, Dan Daniel. Thank you, Big Big Mad Mo. Ooh, he's so angry. Why is he so angry? Because he got all them teeth and no toothbrush. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Thank you, Akiri. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Nisa, in the chat. And I'm a piece of shit. Oh, and um, Adam O'Brien. Um, he's Irish. Okay, everybody, keep keep casting keep keep casting that co-op. 